I solemnly swear that I'm up to no good. Are you Tony Stank? Don't get technical with me. She needs to sort out her priorities. That's no moon. I can do this all day. Yeah, I know. So who talks first? You talk first? I talk first. Welcome to the A Plus Z Movie Review Podcast. I'm the A that stands for Alex. And I'm the Z that stands for Zach. And today we righted a wrong. Yeah, we we fixed a uh, a problem <laughs> we had had. Uh, Zach was right when he said that all of the nominated movies for the Oscars would be reissued at the theaters. So we took it upon ourselves to go see Everything Everywhere All at Once. Really Finally. The, chronologically, the first of the Best Picture winners to be released, and yet somehow fourth in our chronological viewing of the Best Picture nominees. Listen, we messed up. We, we just let it slip through the cracks, but like I said, we, we fixed yeah. it. <laughs> I bet in an alternate universe we saw this like the first day it came out. When we verse hopped? Yeah. I, I will never look at people wearing uh, those Bluetooth headsets ever again. <laughs> Do those people still exist? I, somebody, I'm just assuming yeah. that this took place in like 2001. <laughs> well, there's, <laughs> you might have a reason to think that, but I'll, I'll, I'll get into that later. Um, thank you for finding the podcast. Uh, hopefully you've heard us before. If you haven't, uh, you can find all of our movie reviews that we do on our Instagram, which is a.z underscore movie review. And we're also on Twitter. A underscore Z underscore movie review. And on our social media, you'll see the last podcast we did was our Oscar nominations, which came out last Tuesday. And, you know, we try to be as informed as, uh, as movie viewers, as people talking to you about movies. And the one thing that was sticking with me was that when we were talking about the Oscars and we're talking about which movies got the most nominations and we're running through all the categories, we had a recurring theme of, I'm sure it's great we haven't seen yet. I'm sure it's great we haven't seen. Oh, yeah, Everything Everywhere All Once, 11, 11 Oscar nominations. I'm sure you know, we'll be able to talk more about that when we see it. We'll be able to, we've seen it. We've seen it. Uh, before, normally we ask, we start off with, did you like it? Did you not? I want to ask, should this have been nominated for Best Picture? Just a quick yes or no. We can talk more about it. Yes, of course. <laughs> yes. Yes. I think so. If I it's it's one of those movies where I think if you ask that question halfway through, I don't know if it would have given you that answer. Yeah. Once you get to the end of it, you get that answer. Um, but the straightforward question: Did you like the movie? For the most part, I did. Um, just. The way I described it to my my friend who we actually mentioned in the previous episode, Ashley, who said we just saw everything everywhere, text me. Mm -hmm. I obliged to that and I texted her and she said, you know, what did you think? And I was like, it was very good. It was very good. I had a little trouble following along at parts and my brain like definitely hurts and I'm feeling some type of way right now where like 
there are certain movies that I watch where I just maybe get two in my own head and I, I, I process and I go down a bagel hole <laughs> and, you know, it just, it gets like a lot in there. That said, I can acknowledge that this is a very well done film and I did like it. Did I love it? And I'm like, oh my gosh, screaming from the rooftops. This was like, blah. Like, I don't love it on that level, but I can recognize that like it is on those, those top tiers. Mm-hmm. What did you think? I also liked it. And like I mentioned, it took me a while to accept that. Not accept, maybe not accept. Like, because kind of like you're saying, like when... There's a few of these best picture winners or front runners in in this case um, that we've seen over the years. And sometimes, sometimes you see it and you're like, I get it like immediately. Like, yeah, that blew me away. Like the one that we didn't see until after it already won was Parasite. Oh, yeah. And we were kind of like, oh, we don't know what this is really about. You and I came out of that. And when I thought, when I think it's always hard thinking of like your best, your favorite movies of all time sort of thing. I have like this demarcation of for years and years, I had like a set five of these are my favorite movies and I never added anything new to it. And so now I kind of think of it in a post teenager view. Like as an adult, this is the favorite movies that I've taken in as a, as an adult that like thinks about these things and not just that was cool. Yeah. And parasite the instant it, we saw it. I mean, when, when the major, reveal happens in that movie it's just oh holy crap i'm gonna think about this movie forever yeah and And, like it there was no like deliberation after the fact i wasn't sitting there processing mm -hmm. how i felt about it i walked out of that theater going that was amazing yeah absolutely and And i i don't i don't want to not do that with this mm -hmm. Because it is so well done. Everything is done with purpose. It's like to an incredible degree. Right. And I think that's for somebody that's coming into it. And I think the the tough part is now for anyone that goes to see it now, you have these expectations of everyone has praised it for months and months. It's not coming up as as a surprise. Like had we seen it last uh, April or May when it came out. Yeah. So this movie does take a minute to click in, but there's there's so much happening in the first bits, but Alex is absolutely right in saying that it all it, it it's a multiversal story and you get whacked in the face with multiverse upon multiverse upon multiverse and just these wide and buried threads, but they all come together in the most poignant and beautiful ways by the end of the movie that I, I love the message that it's putting forth. I love the way that they told that story. You have to you have to be committed to be with it though. If you're out halfway through, you know, it it I it, it, I think it can still bring you back even if you're kind of out. We were talking at dinner that I I at least do this thing of sometimes halfway through the movies I'm already thinking of like what my opinion's going to be because we got to make a a thing for our Instagram, we got to talk about it. And so I was kind of doing that halfway through. I'm like, you know, I don't know if I'm, is this really everything said, everything that everyone said it was? I, uh, I'm, I'm kind of waffling here. And every, in about every 15 minutes after that, I thought about that. I was like, oh, eh, okay. Oh, okay. Oh, oh, okay. 
Okay, yep, I'm here with you. So there's a... I scrolled through Twitter on the hashtag to see if there were people... Like, obviously people were praising it and, and all of the fanfare that comes with it, but I was really looking to see if there was any discourse of people talking about how I felt about it. And there was one tweet that I saw that was like, everything everywhere is great and amazing, but don't see it if you have to go somewhere and not be sad the next day. Because <laughs> it is very emotional. And I, I mentioned that in my quick commentary. The other, mm. the other thing that I will share verbatim, which I think is a perfect sort of like tweet-friendly explanation of it is it's one of those movies that will blow your mind from beginning to end it can be a bit overwhelming at times but charming when everything clicks all at once but um but i mean that's no but that's, that's how it goes i i i agree that is pretty much how it goes like the 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 structure of things is a little interesting and like it 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 does a decent enough job of explaining the functionality of the multiverse thing that they're doing and in, uh. and <laughs> in a way that like yes it's certainly i i still have plenty of like science fiction questions about it. wait what the hell but i think it does enough of a thing of like this is gonna happen and this is how it sort of goes and you just gotta you know Hook, hitch, I think hitch if, a ride here if you can comprehend the basics of it, then yeah. you're then you're fine. Yeah. If you it's a, if it's you a quantum pull, leap. Sort if of you thing. pull on the thread too hard and try and figure out how how it all works or like the like where is point A, just don't bother. You don't need to know. It's it's fine because mm -hmm. that's what I was. That's the wall I was walking into, and at one point I was just like, I'm gonna see how I can fare with this. If I just say, it doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. Just watch what's happening on screen. And then, yeah. So it, it got a little better. So just like a quick overview of the plot. And like we said, it's a little kind of wide ranging. So we'll try to make this as simple as possible. Um, Michelle Yeoh's character, Evelyn, and her husband, Waymond, mm -hmm. uh, with a W. Uh, they live above and own and operate a laundromat. And I believe... Southern California. Yeah, they were. They are. It's based in the Simi Valley. There you go. Um, they own and operate a laundromat, and they're doing their taxes, and they're getting audited for some purchases. They don't seem very happy with their life. You know, they're trying to go th get this done, and they're sort of just in the books. But uh, Wayman, played by Kiwe Kwan, is sort of trying to appeal to his wife to like get her to be happy and pay attention and just sort of like, you know, be involved in their She's relationship. She's stressed about, you know, uh, the audit and her father is coming in from China and it's Chinese new year and her daughter's being a pain in the ass. Yeah, and her daughter brings home her, uh, lesbian girlfriend to introduce themselves to, uh, the the grandfather and sort of get some acceptance from her mother and not be told that she's fat and unsuccessful and a failure and and then a lot of chaos ensues when they go to meet 
the auditor. Jamie Lee Curtis plays the auditor at the IRS agency. And yes, from there, it sort of spirals out and it becomes a, a story about a whole lot of things. But I think ultimately it's a story about finding, finding joy in the everyday and like, you know, loving what you have and loving your, mm. your relationships and your family. And I think it was um, being kind. That's also in there. Yes. <laughs> kind of the obvious one. Yeah. There, 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 there's a lot of stuff going on, but I think it, it's, it's, it's showing people that are unhappy because of like the mundane bits of everyday life that kind of drag you down and you need to not take that out on other people, be kind, find your way through it, find things to love, love each other, that whole sort of thing. And it seems kind of simplistic and maybe that's like a little too saccharine the way that I'm describing it, but the way that the story is told, it, it takes a bunch of disconnected plot threads that are all quite disconnected at one point, and it all spirals them into a very nice message and presentation by, uh, by movie's end. The other thought I was having was this is certainly not the typical Academy favorite. Oh no, it's actually pretty funny. It's 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 funny for one and two, it's it's weird. It is a weird movie for a good portion of it. Stylistically weird, plot weird, uh acting choices weird in places, costume choice weird. It like they just give you a lot of diverse, visually interesting stuff for a good portion of it. Um, and it, it, it certainly feels much more like a science fiction indie than it does like an Academy darling. So it's, it's very interesting that it did pick up as many nominations as it did, that it is one of the two or three front runners for best picture that it has two powerhouse acting nominees. Do you want to go through the nominees and just like, now that we've seen it and can compare against other of some of the other nominees? Sure. So I mean, I guess we could say, do we think this nomination is warranted? Yeah. yeah, We don't need to do our, our ranking quite yet. Uh, I think, I think at the end of it, we should at least like rank the best picture winners as we've seen them so far. But, um, so yeah, right now, best picture. We we went off the top with that. I would say yes. Does it deserve a best picture nomination? Yes. Yeah, I think it's it's one of the weirder best pictures that we've yeah, seen in a bit. I don't know, but I also feel like it's maybe one of those that's a little more attainable. It's not yeah. it's not this high art, you know, sophisticated it, yeah. cinema. It's it's it So like to the only thing that it's not the only thing it's comparable to, but a thing to compare it to is something like Avengers Endgame, where you're dealing with multiple yeah. timelines and things like that. Um, I thought about Spider-Man. Yeah, No Way Home, Spider-Verse, all, all that sort of, all the same vein. And all the Marvel stories we're going to be getting at, the, at this phase is uh, multiversal stuff. And of course, it makes sense that this is produced by the Russos. Indeed. Um, Joel and Anthony Russo. And it, it's it's not all the way that, but it's also not all the way indie. It is firmly like halfway in between those things. So I think it is, it's a genre film 
through and through, but it's one that can appeal to the people of the Academy. So I, I think that's something that gets it in there. Um, best director for Daniel Kwan and Daniel Scheinert, the Daniels as they're, they're known. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think so. I think just there's so much that they have to, with a heavier hand, this thing doesn't land. And with an untrained hand, this thing goes way out of control before you can even like pull it together at the end. The fact that they got the performances that they got, that the visually it looks like it does, I think is all a credit to them. Um, best actress for Michelle Yeoh. She was Evelyn. amazing. She was very good. She had a lot to do. Yes. I mean, it, if she doesn't work, the movie doesn't work. Um, I don't know if I would make her a favorite right now. I, I, I don't know. She certainly had a lot to do, can, but we can't discuss that until we see the other. Nominees. Sure. But I, I, I just don't feel like I had the, I mean, she certainly gets like an emotional weight by the end of it, but it doesn't feel like that kind of pull you forward emotion that I'm thinking of when I think of like a best actress, best actor nomination, uh, best supporting for Kiwi Kwan. Hell yeah, yeah. absolutely. He I, was so fun. He was my favorite yeah. of the whole thing. Again, like almost even more so than Michelle Yeoh, the emotional core of this movie. I wondered if like maybe he had like he had a lot to do up on the front and then towards mm-hmm. the end he was just kind of like standing around in the background, but yeah. his hit like he, as you said, he is the emotional core, and that those threads go throughout the entire thing. And he delivers probably the single most emotional line mm-hmm. of the whole movie, the mm-hmm. one that people have quoted. But we we'll save that for the spoiler portion. But indeed, you know, um, best supporting actress. They get two nominees here with for Jamie Lee Curtis, Jamie Lee Curtis. I don't know why I said that weird. And Stephanie Sue. Um, Stephanie Sue wasn't nominated at the Globes. Jamie Lee Curtis was. I would have flipped that. Stephanie Sue's the daughter mm-hmm. uh, in the film, and Jamie Lee Curtis plays a, uh, an IRS agent for the kind most part. An antagonist. An, an antagonist. Um, I thought Stephanie Sue was phenomenal. I Jamie thought Lee she was, was good, amazing. But, yeah, she was great. I couldn't believe it. I'm sitting there watching, having the exact same thought that you, that you just said of like, how did she not get nominated for like anything else that I'm aware of? Because yeah. she was incredible that nomination is so deserved not to say that jamie lee curtis wasn't but if i had to pick between the two i'm picking stephanie sue all the way no i uh, completely agree i'm just pulling up her other acting nominations some city critics choices for like different city uh societies she got a, a sag nomination mm. for supporting actress that makes sense. Um, and Academy Awards, obviously. But nothing, no Globes, no, um, no BAFTAs, nothing. Wow. Yeah. Um, anyway. Well, Everything Everywhere didn't really do so hot in terms of BAFTA nominations, right? Yeah, the, the BAFTAs did a different voting system this year, which people are um, having their thoughts about. I'm not totally, like, in on, in on all that, so we can move on, but it. I, I just know it's weird. Uh, best original screenplay, I think, is a given. Yeah. Just, it's, that's deserved. It's, it's the, one of the most unique movies you'll ever see. 
I think. I don't want to say fair. that it's like an original concept no. because multiverse hopping is very trendy right now. <laughs> mm-hmm. But it's a it's a unique take, interesting story, wonderful um display of culture throughout it. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, heavy heavy influence on of Chinese culture. So um, which was also fun to see. Yeah, that's deserved. Uh, best original score for Sun Lux. Uh, sure, I I don't know. I the, don't know. The score didn't really necessarily stand out to me. A, a good score doesn't like it makes you feel things without actually being in the way. I can't really like say one thing or another about the score. I it's can't just, say that I noticed. Yeah, that. me yeah. either. It, I'm sure. I'm sure if I went back specifically listening for it, maybe. But eh. you know. Uh, best original song uh, called This Is A Life by Ryan Lott, David Byrne, and Mitski. I think that was the song that was playing over the credits. Sounded good. I, like, as I listened to the lyrics a little bit when I, when I had that thought, and I was like, okay, yeah, this is thematically representative of what's going on in the movie. Yeah, but it's a credit song. Yeah. Uh, costume design. <laughs> it's hard, because here's the, the thing that's interesting, right, is that there are a shit ton of costumes. Yeah. For all the different multiversal versions of of Michelle Yeoh, of Stephanie Sue, uh, Jamie Lee Curtis, even, um, you know, you get uh, people know about the the hot dog fingers universe, which I'm, is I I don't know if that qualifies as costume or hair and makeup. The, the, I think the it's fingers. makeup. Um, but most of it is pretty normal yeah but there is again like there's so many things that are there for like a frame so it's eh. excellent use of googly eyes (laughs) yeah uh and best film editing i mean clearly with all the the jumping oh my god yeah yeah if anything it they should be like mad that they were slighted for no nomination for visual effects because yeah yeah best I, editing yeah yeah certainly <laughs> it is edited extremely well in terms of the visual effects you know the the some of the lighting sequences were phenomenal when they had kind of the mm-hmm. colors going around their faces and things like that i thought that was very good yeah maybe maybe a bit of a snub there like i maybe it could have had more like it, it, cinematography if only because like the amount of different types of cinematography that were used sure. in this um but uh yeah so i do we have uh, is there any other non-spoiler things we want to talk about plot wise like it it, it it's it's the most interesting thing that's ever been set almost entirely in an irs building yeah i think i think my <laughs> final thoughts for it are if you want to, if you want to know what all the hype is about, see this movie. Absolutely, I think I think it's a recommendation to go see it. I don't know if I'm gonna say like, oh my god, stop what you're doing, go right now. Yeah, it's as as we sort of alluded to, it's something you have to give yourself over to. Like with this, now that we're like, yes, it got reissued, and I I, I encourage anyone to go see it in the theater. Do you think this would be a good or bad at home viewing experience. If somebody went to go buy it on VOD or watch it on Showtime or something. I don't know. 
I feel like I'm, if you're not paying attention, you might miss something. Yeah, Especially I'm with, biased with the, though because I like I I like watching the movies at home. I mean, I love a movie theater experience. I enjoy going to the theater, but I'm also very down to like check all of these off on my list from my own couch. Yeah, I so I I get the the benefit of seeing it in the theater. It it forces you to lock in, mm-hmm. whereas at home you can be like you know, making dinner or like pause it and go pee or something. But, um, I don't, yeah, I don't know. I think, so the other thing to note here for that, I would put in favor of the theater viewing experience is there's at least in the early parts of the movie, they do a lot of kind of jumping back and forth between talking Mandarin and talking in English, sometimes mixing them in like in the same sentence, like a Spanglish mm-hmm. sort of uh, situation um and if you're not paying attention you're not gonna see that or if you don't speak mandarin you're not gonna hear it um and then because there is a lot of like they have to get the premise across to you like for you to sort of understand the bare bones of this is how we're going to be telling the story for the next two hours so please pay attention yeah you know i i, I wonder if you lose some of that at home but i think as long as you're paying attention like you can you can follow it all the way to the all the way through to the end and and follow that emotional uh beat but any any other thoughts nope all right so uh we're gonna go to the spoiler section plot discussions for everything everywhere all at once i'm not your husband i'm another version of i'm from another universe i'm here because we need your help very busy today. Uh, no time to help you. All right. Spoilers for everything, everywhere, all at once. The googly eyes killed everybody. <laughs> That's not what happens. Um, That's what happened in mine. The googly eyes played less of a uh, function than I thought they would. Based yeah, me on the, too. the marketing materials. Um, Mike, just full disclosure, my coworker has a lovely harmless in-office prank <laughs> where she puts googly eyes everywhere when we're not around so like <laughs> going into the office tomorrow we're recording on a sunday going into the office tomorrow <laughs> seeing all the googly eyes i'm just gonna be like oh my god are you are you michelle yo <laughs> <laughs> what life are you living in a different universe <laughs> um so yeah like we sort of said it, it jumps off like everything's pretty run of the mill setting up who people are. And then we get when we get to well in the when they're at the laundromat, you see like in the cameras, uh Kiwe Kwan's character sort of like springs to life and goes yeah, to like, he does, get like parkour. Stuff. Yeah. And somehow no one is noticing what's going on here. Um and then they go to the audit, and when they're in the elevator going up. Well, the main twist not twist, but like a main like whoa moment before we get to the audit is that Waymond is serving yeah. Eleanor El- Evelyn. Evelyn, sorry. Evelyn, Evelyn with, everywhere all at once. with divorce papers. Yeah. So that's kind of a fun wrinkle and everything. Which it's playing into the whole their lives have not turned out the way they thought it they would. You know, they they're they have this business together, but it's struggling. They have this, they, you know, she left home and went to America and the, the, the dream life they planned isn't 
what it was. The yeah, business is her failing. Father doesn't her love approve. Life, her it's father a whole doesn't approve. Thing. The daughter is, you know, stubborn and distant. Um, the daughter is joy. Joy. Yeah. Yes. Um, and so when when they're going into the elevator for this audit, Kiwe Kwan's character springs into action, and it's revealed here that he's been jumped into by a multiversal version of himself. And they're all trying to stop this multiversal evil that's trying to take joy away from joy, like the, the emotion feeling. away from the universe and like kind of just be evil. Uh, and throughout through the through these descriptions, it's revealed that it is uh, joy. The character, the daughter is the evil villain of this what whole do thing. they call her? She has a, I don't know why they called her this because they never explained it. They uh, spelled it a few different ways. Too. Yes, it is Jobu Tupaki. Yeah. Which, I don't know. Her, basically, the, it's, so there's, in the Alpha universe, the original universe where everything was supposed to happen as it was intended to, uh, Evelyn and Waymond uh, become these super smart scientists and they discover this connection between our brains and other versions based on every, every major choice in everybody's life creates a new life path and thus a new universe where infinite possibilities exist. Um, and in this universe, she died uh, and before she died, they were basically running experiments on her daughter to see that if she, how far they could push this because they needed like somebody younger, more adept to do this. And she, they use this analogy of a clay pot that every time you jump a universe, there's a crack and you need to fill it or you're going to start drifting into every version of yourself. That never got fixed. And so her daughter is essentially existing everywhere all at once in every version of herself across all the universes and she's out there and trying to destroy bitch. it all right because in <laughs> in knowing everything in every universe joy's character has determined that nothing matters that we're all insignificant pieces of human shit in the existence of all mankind of all times and you know we nothing matters and why should we care about anything because everybody sucks and she culminates it in this everything bagel right her her giant doomsday device is an everything bagel which is she says how is it described it's like all the terrible things of it's humankind like, yeah plus sesame seeds poppy seeds and salt yeah which is you know, that is exactly how she described everything it. bagel um this all goes down at the at the irs appointment um it's pretty clever i guess the I want to say clever, but the method of like the world jumping. So they have two like <laughs> 2001 Bluetooth earpieces with a microphone. Everyone has like a, Every like, a real different, estate agent you've a ever different seen has version. Them. Like the grandfather <laughs> yeah. has one that's actually has like a longer microphone. Right. But like you have to like do something silly and then like mentally like apparate to wherever it is you're trying to go. And then, right. like you get you get the green light, press the button, and off you go. Yeah, they give a they give a explanation that doesn't make a whole lot of sense, but it makes enough sense to like 
pass along that oh okay she can do this now yeah um and so there's no need to like get the nitty-gritty details because it doesn't really matter but but um wayman alpha waymond has arrived because he's been looking all over the multiverse for the evelyn that can save the day right um (laughs) kind of an interesting journey getting to that point of because she like hasn't been successful at at (laughs) anything in her life he specifically says she is the worst version of herself she of all the Evelyns that exist, this one is the worst. This is the one. one where every single decision she's ever made in life has been the wrong decision, <laughs> which I thought was Oof. such a fascinating way to portray it. Instead of like, you're the chosen one, you're the one that we need. It's you are awful. You <laughs> like you are the worst version of yourself, physically, psychologically possible. Yeah, and that's why you're perfect for. This thing, and so what they do basically is like you're not necessarily jumping from universe to universe, although her mind sort of as she's like trying to like get comfortable with the process. You do jump, like you as the viewer go to the different worlds. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But the idea is that they go into these universes to access a skill that that version of that person has. So whether it's kung fu or hot dog fingers or um what's another one oh no the hot dog fingers universe you know how to use your feet better yeah Um, so the there's another one where she's like a very successful singer and with that comes self-confidence you know lung capacity lung capacity yeah there's another where she's a benihana chef (laughs) where she needs to use the utensils to like fight which is pretty funny um it's so the thing is i i feel like it's of many of the movies that we've talked about this is going to be one that's hard to like go through chronologically because it's just just, there's so much jumping and like it's it's really just a lot of action scenes yeah with some emotional beats that play out throughout the whole thing um so i don't i don't think there's any need to like go i think skill by skill there is one part though that i did want to talk about and we have already discussed it off mic um, but when Waymond is trying to like explain it all to her, like why they need to stop this villain is because like the way that everything feels off is for a reason. And the way he describes it <laughs> is your clothes never wear as well the next day. Your hair never falls quite the same way. <laughs> and I, I was sitting there waiting for him to say, and you never run out of things to say. And like <laughs> no, okay. like I mean that was that was so I I I knew there was no way that wasn't done with intent. Right, like I I had the same thought because I'm like, no, that's that's you're joking. This is the lyrics, right? Right, and then of course, like you learn later on in like an offshoot scene that is of course connected. There's like a they're like hiding in some IRS guy's office and like the facade of his built-ins actually leads to like a BDSM room. Mm -hmm. And as he comes out of the room, that song is playing. And I was like, ah, okay. They did do it on purpose. That is so fucking clever. I mean, those are all of like the little intricate things. How I said at the top of a, like how everything is done with purpose. This, this is an instance of that. Like the little devices, Jenny Slate comes into the laundromat, having one of those 
earphone mm-hmm. things. I, I, I noticed that immediately. Like it's yeah. all it's all connected and it's all done with purpose. It's so so fun. So the song and the use of the nine days one hit wonder. Sorry, yes, absolutely. Story of a girl. You know, for for those that can't remember, it. insert legally amount of time of clip here. This is the story of a girl. Uh, the film features, this is from Wikipedia. The film features several entrances, both in audio and in dialogue of the 2000 nine days song. Absolutely. Story of a girl. When Daniels reached out to nine days, vocalist, John Hampson about using the song, Hampson enthusiastically agreed to record three alternate versions of the song for use in the film. Wow. So it's laced in there throughout. And when you think about it, you're thinking about joy, this girl who cried a river oh that drowned the whole world looks so sad in photographs but her you mother absolutely, absolutely loves her when, when she, she smiles because i think that that transfers to joy i think it transfers to michelle yo yeah because she is a sad person but Evelyn she finally smiles by the end yeah, yeah. so we th- love that that's so fucking clever very very interesting use of of a song that sometimes is one of those things that you never think about i want to know how many like academy voters saw this movie and like didn't (laughs) didn't connect that and i also want to know how many just viewers in general were like ah the song Mm -hmm. uh so in in the course of jumping through all these different um versions of herself she sort of sees all these different versions of of different versions of success and failure that this her person her being has experienced over time whether you have it's funny the first because i'm surprised they got this out of the way as quick as they did but it's probably best they did the first thing she needs to get is these kung fu skills to fight off the multiversal version of jamie lee curtis that's jumped into her body that she needs to now fight so she needs to get some skills and they look around uh the the little map of multiverses and they see a, a universe where she's learned kung fu is pretty close by when she jumps into that she basically jumps into the body, not, not oh my god, yeah, not titular, not like uh, her character is not that, but she essentially embodies herself, and by herself I mean Michelle Yeoh. Yeah, they like literally used clips from her actual red carpets. Like I saw mm-hmm. like a sign that said "Crazy, Crazy Rich, Rich Asians. Asians." She learns kung fu from Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, sort of thing. Which small pause, we saw this movie <laughs> reissued. This is the year twenty twenty three. There was a very earnest trailer. Legitimate, purposeful trailer. For Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. It wasn't like the the 30th anniversary of the Ang Lee Classic. No, it was literally just like coming to theaters this February. I'm going to look it up. Is (laughs) is there like, so it's a 2000 movie. I, you know what? When you're, when we're talking about like, it's set in the year. Was that part is of that it? Is that part of the movie? Stop. Because the song comes is from the year 2000. Yeah. This movie came out in the year 2000. No friggin' way. I, is that no intentional? Way. I have to know. We have to Google it right now. <laughs> like, because it makes no sense why that trailer was shown before the movie unless it's trying to just like, hey, Remember this in your head for a second. Seriously. You're going to think about this in like Seriously. an hour. How did we not think of that? Because we were just so confused. I, I'm so confused. Like, I'm, I'm scroll- somebody has to have made a reference to this at some point. 
unless our theater was just playing a haha, which I wouldn't put it past them. Do you I, see I, anything about a, a re-release for it in February? Uh, I don't see anything specifically. Maybe there, maybe there is, but anyway, uh, I just thought it was very funny that. But this is like the super successful version of herself, where she didn't. Yep. Oh, you have something. Um, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, 4K returns to theaters in February. So maybe that's what the trailer, it said in February. Yeah, so I think it, that it was just a trailer. But, like, this is how the movie has just, like, fucked with our mind. Yeah. Like, we entertain that for a second. Yeah. But, the, so this it shows a very successful version of herself where, like, the main leap-off point for all these universes is whether or not she stayed with Waymond when they met back yes. in China. Um, and in this version, she didn't stay yeah. with him. And she ended up going to be very successful. So early on in the film, she when she learns about the divorce papers, she takes this as like a, I saw a version of myself where I didn't stay with you, and I was famous and happy and wealthy, and I should have never. It was amazing. I should have never been with you, and it's like that's very sad. Oof! Don't talk to Data like that. Yeah, very very sad version of that. But then you have something like the Benihana version of herself, where it's like. A kind of a middling version where like she's not unsuccessful, but like she's like the number two chef at a Benihana. Like, is that Yeah, behind a guy who has a raccoon on his head. One of my favorite jokes. You is, were is, very tickled by this. You were initially. You didn't you didn't love uh raccoonie throughout I, the I thought the it film. went on a little too long. So there's yeah, basically you know, Benihana, uh teppanyaki chefs, they have the giant tall hats. They make a play on Ratatouille where the best chef there has a raccoon under his hat. Um, and according to, uh, again, the wiki, uh, Randy Newman, who scored nine Disney Pixar films, appears as the voice of Raccoonie. Oh, my God. <laughs> He's also credited and featured as an artist on the track Now We're Cooking, which is on the, uh, on the soundtrack. You can't hear it, but I'm shaking my head. <laughs> Um, and eventually <laughs> Michelle Yo j- jumps on the raccoon is being lost. And in this like later in the film when they're realizing, oh, you gotta kinda like do the nice thing and go for the appreciate the connections you have with certain people and things. Mm-hmm. She helps the chef by jumping on his shoulders, pulling out his hair to make him run after the, the animal control truck. Pretty funny. Silly. I thought it was funny. But, but the whole middle portion is kind of dedicated to her jumping around all these universes to get skills, fight people, but you also get these glimpses of these emotional beats of how her life is better here, how it's worse over here, what she, what this version of her decided on doing, what this version of her decided not to do. And you see all these different versions of yourself and you, anybody has done this where you think about like, do you have like regrets in your life? Do you think about things you would do differently? And this is like a manifestation of she's seen every possible version of herself and all of them are better than what she has because she's the worst version of herself, which I just thought it was, again, it, it is a lot, but it, it pays off in the end when we start to like dial things down. Yeah. And so as she's doing all this, she eventually gets a confrontation with, uh, alpha joy, Joe Butaki, so Joe Butapaki and her, the alpha version of her father tells her, you got to kill her. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is like, what? I was waiting for a surprise twist where, like, the grandfather or the her father was the, the big baddie, but right. he's just a grump. So, sort of from there, Michelle Yeoh doesn't have full grip on her jumping around. It, it's sort of influenced by uh, Joy sort of opening her up to every other version. Basically experiencing what she experiences where she experiences well, all things at once. That's what they decide to do because she can't kill her. She's just gonna meet Joy at the level that she's at and then just like best her in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, so the, the kind of a highlight of all that uh, is like I think the best scene in the movie for me is the rocks. Yes, which is funny because it's, there's no acting being done. There's no dia- There's no spoken that is dialogue. Just, that is just composition. Yeah. So the in jumping into every version of themselves, uh, they reach this version where they be- where they're rocks, two rocks on a cliff, and I guess the explanation is that. In not every multiverse has life in it. Like there's so many choices, even like dating back millions of years, that there's just some instances of the multiverse where life never formed on Earth, and it's kind of a quiet place where joy can has gone to sort of get away from all the noise that she hears from every other universe and all the failures of everyone in every other version of herself, and you get this very kind of poignant thing of this is very nice this is quiet this is me getting away from it all and you sort of see i think this is where uh evelyn gets the sort of idea of hey it's it's just you and me we gotta sort of like fight to like yeah sort it out better sort it out um you get some good dialogue but it's it's all written on the screen in like subtitles and the rocks sort of like shuffle a little bit. It's a, it's very very good. Uh, it's it's hard to describe without having like the script in front of me, but I I, I enjoyed that a lot. Um, where do we go from there? I think at that point, Michelle Yeoh Evelyn starts to like get a little bit more autonomy here and starts to like build her way up to a ju- a grand confrontation of yeah uh, joy in front well, of the well she kind of bagel. has like a. There is a big moment of like you have to have a breakdown to have a breakthrough. Right. Like she she gets lured into like the secret sanctum where the the bagel is. And from there she kind of like switches back to like home base where we originally met her where the Chinese New Year party is happening. Mm-hmm. And she, you know, um Jamie Lee Curtis shows up saying, where are your papers? We're going to seize all of your property. She's like frustrated and confused because she can't please her father. She's clearly like exhausted from all of this shit she just went through. And oh yeah, there's still the divorce papers. She's like, you know what? Fuck it. She signs. She's she's like, I'm going to be my own person because there are infinite possibilities and this one's the most terrible one. So I'm just going to do whatever I want. Mm-hmm. Take the, take the laundromat. See a Wayman. Like we're done. Yeah. Because in, in the quiet moment, 
on the cliff and in the the everything bagel uh there's there is an everything bagel like in some like negative like purgatory sanctum yeah that that exists that sort of gives them uh, an experience of all this stuff but that's where we do get the poignant thing of nothing matters all this sucks who cares so that's yes evelyn starts to descend in her her own nihilistic tendencies of getting rid of all this but in in the chaos of that party mm-hmm. waymond speaks to uh jamie lee curtis's auditor and some sort of breakthrough is made they're given an extension and he you know they come over to her to, to evelyn and she's like well, what did you say how did you how did you get this done he's just i just talked to her and that's and that's sort of where the light clicks of there is stuff like nothing like yes the the things like taxes and property damage and money and Yes, all of that stuff is important in a materialistic everyday sense, but what actually matters is people, is the connections you have with people, the relationships you have with family, friends, loved ones. And? And, and, and yes, being kind, because yes. then we cut back to, you kind of cut between, there's two like present versions of her. One is the one where she's in the party. There's another where they're back at the office of like, where all Annihilation. This was yeah. And and in there, uh, you jump into Evelyn where like Joy's people Joy's making one last stand of like, no, I'm gonna win here. Nothing matters. We're gonna tear it all down right here, right now. And she gets all of her cronies to like jump into the version of themselves. And Michelle Yeoh's character is gonna go beat them all up. And Kiwi Kwan reaches out and says, No, don't don't beat these people, be kind to them. Find yeah, a way to so like she, save them. She fights them by like do like when she's met up with her next like opponent, she does something to to help them, to serve them. She like kind of searches all their multiple versions of themselves. Yeah. And finds like the happy parts. Yeah. Of, yeah. Um and kind of goes one by one up the ladder. Uh even saving uh her her grand or her father at one point. Yeah. Because he like tries to attack her and uh she uses one of her skills. I forget which one, but they, that's when they, they probably grab the pinky thing. They grab joy. Cause joy is now going up to the everything bagel. She's like turned it on. It's sucking in people just like devastation. And she's going to fall into it. Cause like, I'm going to just end this. Nothing matters. I'm going to fall into my dark nihilistic pit. And you even get like the cut between like the rock being thrown off the cliff. And yeah, uh, just, and she's chasing after, after joy and you see that in the in the rock clips where the rock is like moving closer to the cliff and the dialogue that's shown is like no get away from me (laughs) (laughs) no i'm gonna save you yeah um and in in again jumping through all these and experiencing all these different versions we start to cut this when we're fighting going up the stairs fighting all these different versions that's when all the threads start to leap like get woven back in you see every version of the character that we've seen so far and sh- what she's learned and what she's taking, the emotional beats that are showing her like there is a better way to do all of this. There is a way for me to be happy. There is things to fight for. And the most poignant one comes in the successful universe where she's the movie star. Mm-hmm. Because at this movie premiere in that world, Kiwi Kwan's Waymond shown up. He's 
he himself is successful and doing good for himself. Um, and she kind of like breaks and says something about a daughter and she runs out and he follows her out into an alleyway and they, they end up having a back and forth conversation that we cut to several times. But basically the, the way it ends up is he, the line he says to her once they've like, you know, I could have been with you. You could have been with me. Things would have been better. X, Y, Z. He says to her in another universe, I would have been happy to do laundry and taxes. The most mundane shit. Like, yes, they have a laundromat and they have tax problems, but like, that's the thing of like, yes, there are important, like we all have to get up. We all have to go to our jobs. We all have to do our laundry every week. We have to do taxes once a year. It's all these things that are important in a physical space. Well, my but like, perspective of that was like, it didn't, I can still find happiness even in those mundane things. It doesn't have to be all of this grandeur right. and success for, for me to be happy with you. Right. Well, that's, that's sort of what I'm meaning. Like all the, all of these things are important and there's things that we need to do, but I'm happiest with you. Like you are what I want. I don't want this success. I don't want to be a movie star or whatever. I, I would have been happy living my life, a boring life with you than I would be doing anything else. And it's just like, that is, that is beautiful. A beautiful idea. Because yeah, like any relationship that people have, there's always going to be an up and down. There's always going to be stuff that happens. But if you, but there if are you people can that get you're through, supposed to be with. If you can get through like, just like sitting at home doing taxes, then that's like, that's, you know, that's your, your person, I guess, so yeah. to speak. It doesn't always have to be this super thrilling adventure where like, you know, you're climbing all of the mountaintops and reaching all of the, the personal goals of, of whatever, like you can still be just as happy mm-hmm. sitting at home, watching TV to, you know, making noodles, whatever. Yeah. I, I thought that that was sort of the emotional core that it all built up to was that idea and that sort of, and so after that, you know, they save joy, they come back to like the regular party and now the the real world joy is going to leave and her, Michelle Yeoh and her have sort of a final con- not confrontation but this is like what what wraps it all up of she Michelle Yeoh basically says like yes you are getting fat and yes I don't like your tattoo and you know whatever else but I in and, and it's there where she realizes that she needs to let her go and let her be happy and just care for her Right. Mm-hmm. Is that how you saw that? Yep. Uh, I thought, I mean, I'm uh, the son of a mother, but I know a mother and wow. a daughter. Yeah. But mother, this is, I think there's a big emotional core of this being a mother daughter push and sure. pull. And I know that's there. I, I can describe it, but I don't live it. Do you have, did you have any extra thoughts on, on that part of it? I mean, n- no. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm not trying to put you on the spot. Well, you failed. I, I, I wasn't trying to put you on the spot. Um, I, I didn't see it as like a mother-daughter thing. I just tr- saw it like truly as just like a parent-child thing. Like it's not those kinds of emotions and those, those that 
situation is not specific to just a mother and a daughter. That's mm-hmm. like a parent to any kid. That's my thought on it. Yeah. Uh, so they reconcile. You know, Joy is shown that there's, there is more. Like, yes, there's so many things that suck, but like, just you know, love people and be who you want to be. And then they go to their tax appointment. Mm-hmm. Main thing, I guess, we kind of glossed over is that in the hot dogs finger universe, um, Evelyn and Jamie Lee Curtis's character have like a relationship. Deirdre. That is, they need to like, name, that yeah. like fell apart and then they needed to actually repair. And in the repairing of that relationship and like using your feet to play piano, <laughs> Evelyn in the real world actually like kind of like puts her weapons down when it comes to Deidre and they, they are just sort of civil and make progress and and they're not, they're not like mortal enemies and like trying to like, like scam or, or she's not just a faceless government agent. She's she's a human being that has emotions and dreams and goals. And you know, you can, Find common ground on that indeed uh and as the the very last thing that happens is they're in that meeting and evelyn sort of sees all the different versions of herself one more time and then sort of grounds herself back in the real world of no like again she sees that it's kind of a last coda of a again i could go anywhere mm-hmm. but i'm here this is Do my this. life and i'm gonna you know live it to the fullest um so I think it's it's that sort of thing that when we're talking about, it's a weird movie. It goes in a lot of different directions. There is a lot of stuff going on, but when it when it starts to pull it all back in and put and kind of weave that that giant thread uh, and get to its emotional core and its its whole purpose for being here, explaining the meaning of life to some degree, it uh, it does an incredible job, and I think that's what you know endears it to the academy and things like that. What is that? I got bored one day when I put everything on a bagel. Everything. So that is the plot discussion for Everything Everywhere All at Once. Uh, like we said, it's, it's good and you should see it. <laughs> if, yeah. If you want to be blunt. Um. But, uh, you know, th- this is the front runner for Best Picture in terms of uh, most nominations. Uh, one of the three or four favorites. Um, we've seen four of the movies now. What mm-hmm. You want to run through the, the list? The ones we have seen are Avatar, The Way of Water, Elvis, Everything Everywhere All at Once, and Top Gun Maverick. So... <laughs> I don't even really want to rank these right now. Well, I think, you know, because I, I was thinking about that where it's like, yeah, I, I think this is something we should do. But it's also a thing of, I don't think it's very fair. Yeah. Because here's the reality. Or even just rank the ones we've seen. Well, the reality of it is like, while it's good that something like, that movies like Avatar, like Top Gun, like to some degree Elvis are nominated because they are, Big movies that people saw that have artistic value, they're not really in best picture content. They just aren't. Well, that's what I said is that like you've got like a couple of like top contenders, maybe a few kind of mid table, and then the rest are just like there to fill. 
Yeah. So like this year was the first year that there's a required 10. Yes, you mentioned. And so it's good because we do get, you know, in, in a different year, maybe Ellis isn't nominated. Maybe even Avatar isn't nominated or Top Gun. But to have them in there is good for the movie industry. To some degree, it's good for the Oscar award ceremony to get people to watch, like we've talked about. But I think it's also sort of like a false hope. Like, sure, Top Gun's nominated. That's great. And there's plenty of people that saw Top Gun and they would want to see it win. But what I would hope those people, but what those people may not know is that it really doesn't have a shot. And if you're watching the, if you're watching the Oscars to watch Top Gun win, you're going to be disappointed because it's just not. Yep. So. Fully agree. Yeah, I don't think I really want to rank these right now. I can comfortably say that of what we've seen, this one has the best shot of winning. If I had to put a ranking together right now, I would say everything everywhere. Number four. Number four is Elvis. Okay. No matter what we see for the rest of the Oscar season, Elvis will. I'm going to. I don't even have to say it's number four. Elvis is number 10. I'm sorry, Christina. He's such a curmudgeon. I I like the movie just fine. (laughs) It is just not. My best picture winner. Three. Uh, Avatar. Way of Water. Okay. Two. Top Gun. And one, Everything Everything Ever. Everything Everywhere. Like, Avatar, as we've said, beautiful, but like as a full movie, meh. Top Gun is everything a movie experience should be. And like, I think even if this was a smaller field, I would, I would hope that it would have been nominated anyway. Because it truly is like, the cinematic experience of cinematic experiences that is emotionally, visually, what a movie should make you feel like in some it feels capacity. Feels like a movie? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, that movie does indeed feel like a movie. <laughs> um, so I mean that's pretty straightforward right now. It, yeah, we'll, we'll have a better idea when we see sure. Banshees and we've Tar got a lot of homework. And, yeah. Um, I did a quick, like, real quick and dirty kind of search on my lunch the other day mm-hmm. of where you can see all of these. And we'll put this on our Instagram. We'll do yeah. a more thorough search, especially now that things have been re-released. Things have been re-released. Um, you, can, you can see them. Like I know uh, just for money's sake, everything everywhere all at once made an additional million dollars over the weekend, which is good for it. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so just real quick, um, All Quiet on the Western Front is has will be on netflix avatar of the way the water is still in theaters see it in imax if you can it'll eventually show up on disney plus eventually but probably not in time for the award show um banshees of inishirin is on hbo Mm -hmm. elvis is as well everything everywhere all at once is in theaters but you can probably find it if you have a showtime subscription of sorts the fablemans is still in theaters Tar, um, I just found rent on Amazon Prime. Tar is on Peacock as oh, of this weekend. Oh, excellent. Perfect. Yeah. Um, Top Gun Maverick is on Paramount Plus, I'm yep. guessing. Yep. And then Triangle of Sadness, I found that one as to rent on your <laughs> whatever uh, platform. And then Women Talking, I think, is still in theaters. It had a late release, so it, it should still be running. Yes. But check your apps, check your platforms. And again, we'll do a more cohesive search through and post all this online in case you're interested in seeing stuff. So uh, Fablemans will, is expected to be streaming on Peacock 
on February 14th. Okay. Uh, so look for that, I guess. Because I, I knew that one was coming soon because I heard somebody talk about it, but it doesn't look like there's any updates on, on the other ones. But yeah, plenty, plenty to see. And, and luckily, we also, there's plenty of options to see it. Huh. We also, so one of the things that I'm doing is I'm going to see every animated Yes. Feature. We checked one of those off the list last week with some friends of ours, and we saw. Uh, you say it better than I do. Boots in boots. Yeah, we saw that. Um, we're gonna do like a full, <laughs> just like rundown of, of you know, quick, quick rundown of all of the animated features because in its own episode. Um. Yeah, we'll we'll hold. We'll up. do a thumbs up and down for. The ones that we've seen, I'll yeah. post a thumbs up and down for the other ones that I see. Um, Alex is going to end up seeing most of those on her own, just because you love the animated movies, yep. first of all, and you're going to have more time than me I in, in some ways. So, um, yeah, we'll we'll do a full animation roundup because I think, you know, as Guillermo del Toro said, animation is is a animated medium, not cinema a genre. is cinema. It it's cinema. is it is film, and if mm-hmm. you think it's just cartoons for children. I don't want to be friends with you. Like certainly some <laughs> of them are ain't like I would say Puss in Boots is a younger skewing movie, but on the same hand, it's a, a it's a sequel 13 years after a spin-off of a sequel that is very much in the heart of millennial culture, the Shrek films. So like like I doubt that any like 8-year-old is going to know like Puss in Boots like straight off the bat. But their parents probably know Puss in Boots. Their parents probably know Puss in Boots, and their grandparents probably know Zorro. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but, and robbed for best original song, I, I must say. Absolutely not. <laughs> Absolutely not. That is a terrible song. Hero. Nope. <laughs> nope. Anyway, we're sorry. Thank you for listening. Please like, subscribe, all on everywhere. Instagram a dot z underscore movie review. Twitter a underscore z underscore movie review. Leave comments if you have any. any. We we see them. Um, I I don't know what we would peg as our next thing to see, but as we outlined. All the best picture nominees are available, and that's prob- that's going to be our focus for now. There's certainly some uh, dumpuary movies that may squeeze it. Like I think, oh yeah, we are going to see eighty for Brady. Oh, Jesus Christ, I forgot about that. We're gonna make the time. <sighs> All four main characters are Academy Award winners. How can it be bad? I don't know how. We're how go- could it possibly? It's. That's the thing. It's not bad. I well, I, I, I disagree. Uh, I know Cocaine Bear is soon, but the 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 real big movie that will kind of punctuate our Oscar big picture best picture run uh, will be Ant Man and the Wasp: Quantumania, which is February sixteenth. We got our tickets. Get yours. Or yeah. Or don't. I mean, you know. <laughs> don't tell me what I'm to do. I'm not your mom. Sorry, we're done. We're gonna. We'll see you at the movies. See you at the movies. <laughs>